Megan Woods has invited Christopher Luxon and Nicola Willis and Nationals Housing spokesperson Chris Bishop to meet with her in an effort to provide some certainty around the proposal. The High Court has heard BNZ can't justify terminating its banking relationship with the Gloria Vale Christian community. BNZ sought to close Gloria Vale's commercial accounts following an employment court ruling last year, arguing banking with the community would be inconsistent with its human rights policy. Gloria Vale won an interim High Court injunction preventing BNZ from closing the accounts last December. In a further hearing this morning, Gloria Vale's lawyer, Richard Raymond KC, said the bank has misconstrued the employment court's decision. The Nepalese consul says about a 1,000 migrants from his country are caught up in a scam to get work visas in New Zealand. The honorary Nepalese consul, Dinesh Kadka, says new cases crop up every day, and now migrants are also being sold tourist visas as a pathway to residence. He says they're paying between ten and $30,000, but when they arrive there's no job, or it finishes soon afterwards, and they have no money for food or rent. Mr Kadka says about 500 Nepalese are already in the country, and the same number again are yet to travel. The government is considering tightening the laws on vaping. There are calls for New Zealand to follow Australia's lead and make nicotine vapes available by prescription only. The Prime Minister won't commit to that change, but he says there is scope to tighten the regulations. Chris Hipkins says the Health Minister's working on a range of proposals regarding controlling vaping. That's the news. After 1pm on Afternoons with Jesse Mulligan, who you are is more than what you do. Your job is not your identity, says journalist Simone Stoltzoff. He sees too many people pouring their energy and effort into the job first and everything else second. And he advocates for swapping a dream job for a good enough job. He talks about his new book, it's called The Good Enough Job, What We Gain When We Don't Put Work First. And that's from 1pm today here on RNZ National. Now the long-range forecast from Met Service to midnight to Rahadoi Saturday. The situation, a cold front moves up the South Island today and then up the North Island overnight tonight and tomorrow, leaving an unstable westerly flow in its wake. So the forecast to midnight tomorrow Wednesday from Northland to Taranaki, including Coromandel Peninsula, showers, some heavy. There may be thunderstorms in Taranaki this evening, fog patches tomorrow morning. Bay of Plenty and Taupo, cloudy with a few showers. Could be thunderstorms in eastern Bay of Plenty today. Becoming fine tomorrow. Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, fine with high cloud. Wairarapa and from Whanganui and Taihape to Wellington. A few showers mainly from Kapiti south. Chance of thunderstorms there this evening. Nelson and Marlborough mainly fine, but showers this afternoon and evening may be heavy and thundery. Buller, Westland and Fiordland, rain or showers, sometimes heavy, could be thunderstorms. Canterbury mainly fine, a few spots of rain this evening. Otago and Southland high cloud, scattered rain for a while this afternoon and again from tomorrow afternoon. Chatham Islands, rain, possibly heavy with thunderstorms, clearing tomorrow morning. The weather for the following three days, Thursday to Saturday. The North Islands to Ikaamawi, Thursday is mainly fine from Gisborne to Wairarapa, a few showers elsewhere, more frequent from Waikato to Kapasi. Friday, rain spreads north through the day, easing later, but just a few showers in the east. Saturday becoming mainly fine, a few late showers in the west. Outlook for Te Waiponamu, the South Island. Thursday, rain in the west, heavy with a chance of thunderstorms. Rain spreads elsewhere later, but it's still mostly dry for coastal Marlborough and Canterbury. There could be northwesterly gales in the east and south. 
Friday showers may be heavy in the west at first, clearing in the north and east. Saturday, a few showers in the west, frequent in Fiordland later, mainly fine elsewhere apart from early showers in the south. The outlook for Rekohu, the Chatham Islands, mainly fine on Thursday, but cloud and strong northwesterlies later. Rain for a while Friday and winds change southwest late. Occasional showers on Saturday. That's the long range forecast to midnight Saturday. It's 25 minutes to one. Thank you, Nicola Ketifokaranga Mai Kwe Kitipurongo Utipotu Tanga. You're listening to Midday Report with me, Charlotte Cook. But now we've got Monique Steele here with the rural news. Kia ora, Monique. Farmers are dealing with the highest level of on farm inflation in 40 years. They are, and it's really hurting their profit margins. Beef and Lamb New Zealand's latest report shows on-farm inflation is sitting at 16.3%, two and a half times the consumer price inflation rate of 6.7%. Chief Executive Sam McIver lists what's behind the increase. Driven mainly by you know, massive increases in interest rates, obviously, and that's affecting all businesses. The floating rates have essentially doubled in the last year. And then the fixed and overdraft interest uh, up by around 50%. And then beyond that, feed and grazing costs about 15% and fert, lime and seeds uh, around 14%. So significantly cutting into farmers' bottom lines. How are farmers doing out there at the moment? Farmers have been telling us it's very tough. And I went to a seminar last week which, which showed you know a lot of uh, red ink on both dairy and sheep and beef um, businesses. And I guess these inflation figures um, just confirm why farmers are feeling the pain. And, and you know, farmers pump about $100 million a week into their local communities. So this is not only going to affect farmers, but it's certainly going to affect rural communities and beyond that into our cities as well as farmers tighten their belt. Sam McIver says farmers are feeling the squeeze from all sides as costs have increased, but they're getting less for their labour. He says one example is cull ewes. Last year, farmers were being paid about $190 for them. This year, that's nearly halved to $100. To other news, a torrential downpour in Bay of Plenty yesterday has left kiwi fruit orchards sodden and washed away tracks. Hugh Moore, who has 30 hectares of kiwi fruit orchards near Katikati, says he's had non-stop rain for the past three months, so yesterday's downpour was not needed. Well, it's been, you know, it's just this continual rain every 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 week, and it's certainly been heavy. I know here at Caddy Cat we've had uh, a couple of massive downpours over the last two weeks. I mean, what happened at Waihi Beach yesterday, we got an orchard out near there, and that certainly flooded one block that was sort of uh, about 200 millimetres right through the block sitting there for a short period of time, which, you know, it's not good for the vines. And here at Cowrie Point, which is about 7K away, we've got tracks washed out down our hills where the, uh, and you know, we're trying to pick kiwi fruit. So we've got to grade those. Yeah, it's just so much water in such a short time. Is it one of the wettest seasons you've seen in recent years? Oh, yeah, I've never seen, we've been here for well over 50 years. Uh, and I've never seen a season like it, ever. Hugh Moore, who's halfway through his green kiwi fruit harvest, says the rain has stained the fruit, but it hasn't dented the quality too much. He says, unfortunately, the wet weather does create good conditions for the spread of disease. We've got more PSA risk, and that's a problem at the moment. With Now we've got the cooler temperatures and with rain like this, this is the time of the year where P- PSA 
the bacterial disease become can become an issue and we've got to continually spray more uh, sprays on to copper and that to to prevent it so yeah we're in the risk business unfortunately that's Hugh Moore there's a claim the role of methane in climate warming needs a rethink. West Coast farmer Katie Milne has just returned from the World Farmers Organisation annual meeting in South Africa. She says a panel of global scientists hosted a session where they said data was emerging showing methane is not the tyrant as it's often portrayed. Ms Milne says she's looking deeper into those claims now, but the scientists are world leaders and have spent the past three years looking at atmospheric conditions. But interestingly, the scientists who are discovering this and working in this field are remaining reasonably quiet about it because they're shy to come forward because it doesn't fit the conversations that are being had around um, how beef is bad for the planet and all this stuff. So that's one of the areas we're starting to see a bit of movement on and gaining the confidence to push back on even further, um, not only because of the value of livestock farming, uh, how important it is for food security, Beef, well, animals actually, are some of the only property people can own through many parts of the world where you don't have land tenure. And so it's it's really key for a whole level of social reasons as well. But these scientists are wanting to gain that voice to put the models straight. The models aren't correct the way they're calculating it and they're highlighting the effects are nowhere near as it's been portrayed. That's Katie Milne, who has just finished her one-year term as Vice President of the World Farmers Organisation. A forestry industry leader says fluctuating log prices contributed to slash washing down onto farms and beaches in Tairawhiti during Cyclone Gabriel. Ross Davis from the Forestry Industry Contractors Association says before the cyclone, companies were getting good money for logs, which led to a rush on harvest. He says lots of logs were moved quickly, exposing unstable soils. When the price is up, everyone wants to harvest their wood all at the same time. So what happened in Gisborne was there were huge, there were about four different forest companies operating all in the same areas, all at the same time, harvesting huge amounts of wood. So what's happens when it rains? <laughs> that muck up down there and the mess it is, and it's, it's really sad, can be related directly back to things. We planted all that wood after Cyclone Bowler and it was all planted in a very short time frame and it was all harvested in a very short time frame because the price was good at the time. Mr Davis says he's harvested in steep Coromandel forest blocks for 30 years without major slash issues because work is controlled by council-directed catchment restraints. We can't do what they did in Gisborne because of the risk of flooding. So, you know, tell me what the difference is, you know, and it gets back to money. It all gets back to money. That's Ross Davis. And just lastly, a young Frenchman who travelled here as a backpacker has taken out the title of Central Otago Young Grower of the Year. Grégoire Durand, or Greg, who works for Cherry Global in Clyde, beat out four others in the competition, which covered modules like irrigation, tractor and machinery work and biosecurity. He will now compete at the National Young Grower of the Year final in Pukekohe later in the year. And that's the rural news for today. Koyara te purongo o te taifinawa.